A select few of us will do well, the majority will not. So as a people, we'll be considered a minority. But stop, let's take a moment and look at yourselves. There's nothing minor about you. You are a blessed people. You're the most talented on earth and you are still grateful. What's up world and welcome back to the Vibes and Stuff Podcast, where hip-hop heads discuss hip-hop topics. On this show, we first dive into a couple of news methods, such as the beef between JPEG Mafia and Freddie Gibbs, and also the beef between JPEG Mafia and his own fans, and share our thoughts on that. Then, we'll share our favorite pro-black and socially conscious hip-hop tracks in an effort to compile a Vibes and Stuff Black AF mixtape. Then we'll do an in-depth discussion of three albums turning 25 years old this week. The Roots, Things Fall Apart, Prince Paul's A Prince Among Thieves, and Eminem's Slim Shady LP. Then for our album Face Off, we'll be putting Breaking Atoms by Main Source against Sons of the P by Digital Underground and weigh in on which album we felt was better and why. And then we'll share what we've been bumping for the week. So with that, please, Kick back and enjoy the show. Yo, what's going on, Vess? What's up, man? What's good? What it do? Oh, you know it, man. Another week, man. Another start of the week. You know it, man. You know it. How's the family doing, bro? We good, man. We just got back. We got back in the home from California. Last night, late last night. Oh, snap. What, doing good. what part of Cali? Long Beach. Oh, man. You weren't playing. Yeah, we were there. Uh, we got there Friday Friday evening. Came back late Saturday, late Sunday, so it was short and sweet. Oh, okay. Y'all did a little weekender. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, we only five and a half hours away, so. Nice. Quick little drive. Nice, nice, nice. I heard that, man. I heard that. Sometimes you need them, them, them little weekender getaways, bruh. Man, I needed it too. <laughs> I bet, I bet. Yo, yo. So it, it's it's just me and you tonight, but I, I I know we're more than capable of holding it down. Uh, the homie Jamil had to bow out, and um, I think the homie Brian. He's he's on night shifts now, but I think he said this is his last week on night shift. But uh, yeah, we are we're we're more than capable of holding it down. But uh, but man, yo, I got a chance to check out that track that you and Jamil were talking about, or I should I say revisit the track you and Jamil were talking about the, with the Coast Contra track called uh, Ayo, and it's a it's a seven and a half minute song, and which is probably why I don't remember it, but I know I heard it at one point. Maybe it just. I wasn't really paying attention to the lyrics like that, but I went and I, I looked up the, uh, the captioned video that you all referenced last week as well uh, to just see what the track was talking about. And it was it was impressive, man. It, w- it was it was your standard like Coast Contra affair, <laughs> if you know what I mean. But mm-hmm. it, it the lyrics had a level of depth to them that you know you just don't get out the younger generation and i think it's a great example 
and a great reference track to give to people and put them on to that that particular group. But what what was it about the track that spoke to you? So what I love about what I love about them is that I know there's one guy that everybody wants to say is the best out of all of them. Talking about the dude with the uh dude with the hot top dreads. Yeah, with the bowling pin dread. Yeah. Um, they everybody wanna say he the best, right? Everybody wants to say that. But is it true? <laughs> you know, like Honestly Honestly, I like the third verse the best. You talking about with a dude that speaks Spanish? Um, I know I don't know if he speaks Spanish, but he ha- he's got like a real deep, gruff voice. Yeah, and he does the Spanish. He he he'll put Spanish into his uh lyrics. Rio yeah, Lowe's, that's his name. Rio Lowe's. Yeah, I think I, he's from uh I forget what part what uh what country from South America. I forget where he's from, but uh or what island or somebody. Yeah, he he's he's bilingual, but yeah, dude, you talking about the one we was talking about when he had to had him them rough conversations with his uh his family and stuff? Yeah, and his sister having cancer and all of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That that was probably the the best verse to me. Or, or, or my favorite verse from the from the AO track, but it was it was impressive, man. It was impressive, like dude. It's it's crazy because I don't have a best. I just actually just enjoy them. I just I just listen to them for what it is. I don't have any dog in the race as far as who did what, what the best. I just listen to them, man. I get I get I get completely entrenched in what they're saying, man. It's like. And there isn't any artist that does that to me now, especially with that's younger than me. Um, like I'm not saying there aren't people that kept that captured my attention, you know, J. Cole, Kendrick, but even they don't get me just all the way involved, like the way Coast Contra does. Cause I think it's just the combination of the, the, the uh, production, yeah, the emotion within the music, the stuff they're talking about the skill in which they do it. And like, they, they they aren't afraid to, um they aren't afraid to like, just be them. They are not rapping like anybody else. Like they doing what they do. Yeah, yeah. And they, they speak truth to power in their lyrics too. Um, yeah. You know, in a way that you just don't hear it being done anymore. I, but I know what you mean. They they are a um, they're, they're a group that you root for, that you actively are rooting for and pulling for. You mentioned like the J. Coles and the Kendricks. It's like, yeah, I'm pulling for them, too. But they have so much of a machine behind them. I know that, that they're going to get their props at the end of the day. Whereas with Coles Contra, they kind of, you know, they they um they're not there yet, you know, as far as like you know mainstream visibility not that that's needed to be a, a successful act but you know if they got the same visibility and attention as a j cole or a kendrick it can really set some creative and overall positive trends moving forward in in the genre yeah for real i don't it's it's funny though because i don't even know if they want that it's just like this man, they, they just amazing, man. Um, I, I mean, I every think, artist wants to be recognized for their for their work. I think that's that's natural, you know. I think, in, in other words, like ain't no ain't no rap artist out here giving giving they they checks back to anybody. Oh no, no, <laughs> you know what but I mean? They, they not, accolades back to anybody. Yeah, but they not they don't. I don't think they want to do it at the expense of their art, you know. Right, right, right. 
right which is why i'm pulling for him so much you know yeah but that, that's the group that's the group i, I definitely want to kind of revisit there, there's a show i want to do in a couple of weeks where we name our favorite five hip-hop acts that have emerged within the past five years and just kind of you know to give props to the new schoolers you know what i'm saying because we <laughs> we talk a lot you know we talk a lot on the on the show about the legacy acts the tribes the wu-tangs the busted rhymes the kendricks the outcasts but we you know i think i need to do a show where we really recognize like the the new cats you know what i'm saying the new school cats that just just started popping you know and and the ones that are doing it you know doing it right doing it justice yeah that that would be a nice segment man um but did you did you catch the full brunt of that scheme from the, at the beginning of, of the song I'm talking about i call it the medical scheme wait a minute <laughs> Cause see, I caught another scheme. I caught the scheme where they were like playing around with the names of different like countries and cities. Yeah, that was uh, that was one of the twins when he's talking about all the places he'd been to the first and second times. Yeah, he said. He's talking, uh, he's talking about that. Yeah, yeah, he said. Uh, uh, he said, "I never medicine that was good for the soul. It's human nature." Be y'all all scrubs. I brought a mask and gloves for sanitation. Calling out the greatest, tell him I said it, I verbatim. <laughs> you got East, West, and Columbia on the equator. Yeah, it's Coast Contra really surging through every nation. Like the the the, the surgeon line, like surgeon, like like a surgeon who does operations versus surgeon, as in I'm surgeon, and then you got the I never medicine line, yeah. like that was good for the soul like that was bad that was sick man that was sick yeah but if you go back and really listen to it he was doing all of those i call it the medical scheme like i said he was doing it from the get-go it was it's, oh it's and the game green line too all the yeah, rappers out go, there the those, those and goes and go it's just like all these different medical terms as i call it but just like something dealing with with that throughout the whole the whole verse is just it's just crazy man it's crazy yeah yeah that was that was nice that was nice oh by the way man props to you on your 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 bars man on the uh the, the season 18 season finale cypher man like every time i hear you spit like it, it's like you've gotten better you know what i mean like you get better every time it's like you were always dope with it but every time i hear you spit it's like <laughs> it's like okay he, he's he's not resting on his laurels he's actually like getting better you know what i mean so that was that was that was dope man it always a dope experience to to, to cipher with you no i thoroughly appreciate that because i'm uh i am working man i'm challenging myself and like to, to throw the nod your way too like every time you spit you like open up a different avenue for me to challenge myself with so it's like like put this put this crazy deep brain on a on a on a a challenge and I, I can come up with something. It's just that I have to I need a challenge, you know what I'm saying? So I can expound and evolve. But man, I appreciate just being on the show and and being able to allow people to hear it, man. Um yeah. and then just like I said, your lyrics, man, I just like I have to keep moving forward because if I don't then then I'll be washed. <laughs> 
no I, I appreciate that like the, the the reason i appreciate it too is because it keeps me sharp it's like when i'm not around other creative people like my creative i, I guess you can call it libido it just drops bro it's like i what feed off i feed off other people's energies like like not not into a like an over dependent extent but it's like when you're around other creative people it's like they kind of push you to be creative you know what i mean and you know you hear them doing stuff it's like oh man i've never heard vince try to try that you know that particular method before that particular style before let let me try something new and like man vince spit he spit 24 bars like a fire now i gotta come with 32 you know what i mean like like exactly. it's just a it's just a like a like a like a a yin and yang where you kind of feed off each other so I, I appreciate that yeah it's kind of like um let me see what it would sound like if I did what he did yeah you know but you do but you do right but you do it your way you know what I'm saying yeah. it's like yeah yeah it's just yeah, because, man, I'm telling you, man, once I got into young adulthood and I stopped hanging around other break dancers and graffiti taggers, it was just like, it just, yeah, it, just, it, it really does dry up. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't, if you don't surround yourself with other, other, other creative people. So, yeah, just, just something I wanted to throw out there. But, um, man, bro, we got a couple of beefs, or should I say another beef in the, uh, in the world of hip hop. Have you heard about this bizarre beef with JPEG Mafia and Freddie Gibbs? <laughs> no, I haven't. Well, okay. Like J JPEG Mafia is more like a producer, right? He he produces and raps, but he's definitely known more for his producing. That's so like beefing with Timberland, eh? You <laughs> say what? Ain't <laughs> that like beefing with Timberland? Mm, no, I don't think he's beefing with Timberland. No, I'm saying, ain't, it, ain't that like the uh, the equivalent? Oh, that yeah, that would be yeah, maybe, maybe that that would. I don't know, man. Cause see, like they kind of roll in the same circles. You know what I'm saying? J JPEG Mafia and Freddie Gibbs. Cause Freddie Gibbs, of, of course, we all know about the Scaring the Holes album, but Freddie Gibbs is also cool with Danny Brown. So you know, they they do kind of roll in the same circles, and JPEG Mafia. Well, let me, let me get into it. So I guess JPEG Mafia and Freddie Gibbs were both working on this latest album of of Kanye's or something. And uh, JPEG was like co-producing a track or something like that, which is, the story is weird because I'm like, Vultures dropped, what, a week ago or two weeks ago? Yeah. Why are they still working on this album? Is this another Vultures album? Like, I, I just don't get it. Like, what is the you know is there another Kanye album in the works but whatever so they were both working on the album then all of a sudden JPEG Mafia sends out a tweet calling out Freddie Gibbs and uh, hold on let me pull it up it says uh, yeah JPEG Mafia is a friend and a collaborator with Kanye West yada 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 give me one second because the article that I have pulled up uh, apparently they uh, apparently they removed the page hold on Okay, here it is. It says, um, JPEG Mafia has made it clear he is not friends with Freddie Gibbs, and the latter doesn't seem to be bothered by one bit. It says on Friday, JPEG took to his Twitter page to tear into Gibbs in a series of since-deleted tweets, 
Tour recently featured on Kanye West's High Dollar Sign's latest album, Vultures, with JPEG tweeting over Gibbs' involvement in the record only days before he met Ye to work on what would be his contributions to the collaborative album. According to JPEG, he and Gibbs were staying at the same hotel and let fans know the Gary and let fans know the Gary, Indiana native wasn't a true gangster. He said, never got shot at and did nothing, never got beat up, never spread my A online, baby got no, baby, baby got no D-dent, I guess I'm the gangster now, JPEG said in his opening tweets. And we at the same hotel, this nigga so P, LMAO, bald head PB, I'm a F yo, I'm a F your mama nigga. Uh, then he continued, nigga dressed like a cult member, not a gang member. Where's the gangster-ish? Why your daddy a cop? Why your baby got a D-dent? Who's really corny? Gang member? You know when niggas got a cop for a dad in the gangster gangster-ish they say, right? Damn. He was really talking spicy on here. Um, yeah, he was talking spicy. Hey, that's, that feel like the levees got broken. Yeah, I, I don't know what this is about. You know, Freddie Gibbs doesn't seem to be taking it very seriously. Like, he created some posts to him, you know, in the same hotel, like, enjoying a nice meal and sitting by the pool or whatever. Like, you know, just kind of making light of it. And um, he, I don't know, JPEG has deleted the tweet. So I don't know if, like, this dude was drunk. I don't know if he was on one and him and Freddie got into it in the studio. Because sometimes that happens, man. Niggas get in the studio together and if you don't, if you're not familiar with each other and the energy is off and y'all, you know, y'all's personalities just ain't, ain't clicking, it can happen, man. It can happen. And you just, he walk out of there with some hurt feelings or something and he had to take to Twitter about it. But, like, what are your thoughts? Well, first off, I feel like if you in 35 and older, <laughs> it's very weird to get on, on social media to air out grievances. Like, it just, it feels like you should be more mature past that. Like, that's a kid's way of dealing with something. But I mean, I don't, like, I don't know why people do that. And I don't know why people that are well known do it. Like, if you know the person is going to find out about it, you might as well just get in touch with them. Yeah, especially if they were in the same hotel in the same, it sounds like in the studio at the same time together. But like, sometimes like, personalities just don't mix sometimes. It's like, I'll give you a perfect example. Back when I was recording more on a regular basis, I used to go to this spot Raw Vibe Studios, whatever. Shout out to the homie Kelvin, DJ Neek. And, you know, he had other rappers coming through sometimes before my session or after my session or session, I say sessions. Um, and sometimes sometimes it would just be him doing the recording and the mixing or whatever. And then other times he'd have Greg there. To, shout out to the homie Greg. And, um, because Greg was working on his album at this, pretty much at the same spot. And um, there was some dudes there, and like, <laughs> one of them was actually from my side of town. He, he stayed in Cal Park. He was a stone from Cal Park. 
uh actually kind of a cool dude but real you know kind of a rambunctious dude on, on that on that you know he was kind of on that wild wilder side of things and like i came in there one time for a session that i had booked and their session had just ended and it was like one or two dudes their session had just ended and my, the homeboy kelvin he was there and greg was there and i don't know what happened but like i guess they weren't getting something right with the song the, the way the story this is the way the story goes they weren't getting something right with the song greg gave them some direction that was kind of not the most tactful and maybe came off a little offensive to these guys and they got into it or something and i think i want to say greg left to go cool off or something and like so after he left i showed up and they're still in the studio talking to the homie kelvin whose studio it was and like they were basically like talking about jumping and <laughs> and kelvin what the homeboy kelvin was telling them like nah man don't don't do that like that's just the way he is it's just the way he, he talks to people sometimes like you know he ain't mean nothing personal by it but if you don't know him personally if you don't know greg personally if you were to get into like you know what i'm saying a little exchange of words with this dude you might think like oh man what's up with dude you know what i'm saying and they was like <laughs> they was like and, and 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 like i i remember coming in and chiming in like yeah that's just the way the homie is don't take it personal he was like that when i first met him too he ain't mean nothing by it so now we're both trying to like talk to these dudes or calm them down and they're like no no f dude <laughs> <laughs> we gonna beat his ain't this this and that and for but fortunately it never came to that but sometimes I, I say all that to say sometimes you mix certain personalities of creative people and you know other musically inclined people who are very temperamental and these people don't know each other very well somebody says the wrong thing and it's like it, it becomes a problem yeah yeah it's because what it is is hey you think of, you also think about there's money involved in those studios, studio time. So when people are serious about their business and recording the process and everything, things can happen. It's like, hey, you need to do this, you need to do that. You wasting time. Like what you trying to do over there, you know, you need to do this so we can get a hurry up, get up out of here. Cause we ain't paying another for another hour, you know, like all of that stuff could be happening. Just um, what you think is hot, somebody else think is trash and vice versa. And, you know, some people may have inflated egos because they have, might have done more or prospered more in their careers. You know, it could be a whole bunch of things that, that led to it or a combination of all of that. So it's just, but I mean, like I said, if you're over 35, it should be getting handled in a, in a, a mature, responsible, completely adult way, you know? Yeah. Tweeting. Yeah. Hey man, the dude, the dude represent GD, all right? He, he, he like, it. <laughs> it's obvious, like the dude, he says it in his music, so it's not like you repeating it on the, on the tweet. It's gonna make it be derogatory, like the man embraces it. You talking about Freddie? Yeah. No, he, he vice lord, he vice lord. Oh, he vice lord, I'm saying GD, I, yeah, I mixed it up. Yeah, he, he, but yeah, he, it's he, like, he, he talks about it. 
He does. He does. I didn't know that part about his dad being a cop. I didn't know that. But like, this is not a beef that I wanted to see in hip hop. I do not want to see JPEG Mafia and Freddie Gibbs going at it. You know what I'm saying? This is not. This is not what's hot in the streets. It's like JPEG's music and and Freddie's music are like two different in two totally different lanes. You know what I'm saying? I am not interested in seeing them two beef. You think anything's gonna come of it though? Not really. I think if something was gonna come of it, it would have already. But but here's the here's the part of the of the beef where it gets interesting though. Because it turned from a JPEG versus Freddie Gibbs thing to a JPEG versus his own fans thing. So a lot of his fans have been coming at him, been coming at JPEG Mafia for being friends with and collaborating with Kanye, who's known to spout off anti-Semitic, anti-vax, alt-right talking points as of lately. And JPEG Mafia has been on record calling himself a communist. He he makes songs trolling the alt-right. You know, he's on the opposite end of the political spectrum. So now his friends, not, not his friends, his fans have been calling him out, calling him a hypocrite. And he's been turning on his on his fans. So that's that's another part of the beef that's kind of you know sucked up a lot of the oxygen in the room. People talking about that little back and forth. You know, why does JPEG Mafia hate his fans and this, this, and that? And now that's getting all messy. But I mean, to a to a certain extent, like I, I, I'm I'm gonna give the dude the dude the pass. Speaking of JPEG collaborating with Kanye for this and for this reason alone, or for well for a couple reasons. One, I really do think it's just about the music with JPEG. Um, I think he just admires what Kanye does musically, and he wanted to collaborate with. Him. Number two, I don't think Kanye is really like Kanye or any other musical artist for that matter is all that married to the political ideologies they claim to hold. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think I think people certain ideas sound cool to them, so they gravitate toward that. But like, are they like a true blue card carrying like socialist or communist? In most cases, not. So. You know, I don't know, man. Like, like I don't think, I don't think JPEG is trying to be a, a agent for change any more than Kanye is trying to be an agent for change. Like, I think Kanye is just a crazy and not even all that married to the ideologies that he, people claim that he's married to. Like, I, I, I what, I'm, what I mean to say is like, I don't know if Kanye is so much anti-Semitic as much as Kanye is crazy and just bound to say anti-Semitic things because he thinks that makes him sound edgy and smart and like he thought up of something that no one else before him has thought of. I mean, it could probably be some of that and it could also be those people did him wrong. (laughs) And it it could be both of those, you know? Like, I mean, a lot of times when people think they're telling their truth, like they're telling a hyperbolic version of the truth. And that's where the problem lies. Like you're doing more than you need to as far as with the truth that's concerned, like you're doing more. But um, 
I always I always ask myself the question of like, do people need passes to work with whoever? Like, like, or should we just appreciate the music for what it is? You know, uh, I guess there is some reasons people should be canceled, but like, you know, freeness of speech, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and too, like, I, I if. If you feel your your one of your favorite artists has like betrayed their principles in some sort of way, you know, especially principles that they've had a long history of uh, espousing, you know, you, do you have a right to call them out for it? Sure. You know, it, is it is it now? Is it going to make me stop listening to JPEG Mafia's music? Absolutely not. But like, I understand why some of his fans are calling him out on it. But. Mm-hmm. He's annoyed because, you know, now he's he's and and he's been on the record for saying this for a long time too. He was saying that like white people need to stop provoking black men in public and then expecting them to react normally, you know, or react calmly. So that, that that's part of it too. A lot of his fans are white, so you know they're calling him all sorts of names and provoking him online, you know, because they're disappointed in the fact that he's working with Kanye for whatever reason and you know so now he's kind of having to call that out too having to call out like his fan bases like expectations of him as a black man so that's that's part of it too it's 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 really like on the side with him and his fans it's really gotten messy yeah and i don't know if he has the uh i don't know if he has the uh volume of fans for it to be messy like um, but maybe he does. He's he's definitely got some fans out there. It what's interesting is that like I'm reading about all his white fans, like every JPEG Mafia fan I, I know personally is actually black. But when I see footage from his shows, it is definitely like a majority white audience. You know, someone online said, I understand everyone saying separate the artist from the art, but when the artist's music is criticizing the alt-right all the time. People are going to criticize said artists when they start deriding an anti-Semite, especially when your brand is trolling alt-right, the alt-right, and being conscious with your lyrics. Um, which is, a, you know, a, a valid point. You know, it's a valid point. But um, look, your artists are going to do things. Your favorite artists are going to do things that you just don't agree with sometimes. You know. And that's just the, the simple matter of the fact, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I wish, I just wish that people would give them, give the artists the same consideration they would get themselves. Cause they, I guarantee you, they're way more hypocritical in their everyday life than a calculated artist would be. But I mean, you know, they would be canceled 10 times over every day if somebody walked around and listened to their conversations, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad we didn't have the internet when I was 15, 16 years old, because you would have you definitely got me saying something crazy. I'm glad we didn't have TMZ when I was in high school, because it's about, man. <laughs> Forget TMZ, just, just, just social media, you know? Yeah, like. they, they caught me on video with some of the stuff. I said or did, and it would be a problem. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we just didn't grow up in that world. But uh, all right. So let's dive into our 
next segment for the night, man. I wanted to invite whoever was going to be on the show to share their favorite uh, pro-black or socially or politically conscious hip-hop tracks. If the Vibes and Stuff podcast uh, was to make a black AF mixtape, what songs... What songs do you feel deserve to be on that mixtape and why? So um, I'm going to get a floor to you, Vince, uh, you know, in, 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 in observance of Black History Month. This was a topic I kind of wanted to get to, like songs that kind of speak to our identity as, as black people, you know, and our culture and our, our pride in our culture, I should say, in, in rap songs. Uh, and of course, there are plenty of examples, but uh for you man what are some that um that stick out in your mind that have always been favorites of yours i'll say respiration mm-hmm. even though that might not necessarily fit that but it does what absolutely um, does uh unity oh by queen latifah yeah um oh respiration is by black star too for the listeners yeah yeah oh i'm sorry yeah um, I, I didn't have no list. But you know, we gotta, we gotta, you know, we gotta explain it to the squares, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a list because I was, I was busy this week. Um, oh, I get it. I was away on the weekend too, but like, just something that just come to mind is that, um, everyday people, arrested development. Mm, good one. Um, I love that song. Um, believe it or not. Jada Kiss. Why? Oh, I remember that song. I remember that song. Yeah, man, that was big for that at the time. Yeah, and it was kind of like Jada Kiss coming out of his comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. That wasn't the typical Jada record we was getting at that time. Yeah, and then the song that I hate to hear, but it's far that, that, that applies to this is uh, Tupac's, uh, what's the name of that song? Uh, is it Changes? Oh, from, um, is that the Are You Still Down album? Was that from that? I'm not sure, but it's, uh, um, you know, he had that sample from, uh, It's Change the World, Things Are Gonna Never Change. I hate yeah. the song, but, like, <laughs> I hate the song because of the, 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 I hate the production of it. It's like, but it is a good socially conscious song. Uh, shoot, we could run the gauntlet on, on, on Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, I like um, Black Boy Cry, especially though. I forget what mixtape it was off of. Was that from um, Overly Dedicated? I think it might have been. Okay, I don't, I don't think that was on Section Eighty. No, it wasn't. I don't, well, I don't think so. Let's see, that was off of. Uh, oh, that was Good Kid, Man City. Black boy, Black boy fly. fly. Black boy fly. Okay, okay. Yeah, Black boy fly. Oh, that yeah, was I from the so. that was from the uh deluxe. Okay, the deluxe edition. Yeah, yeah you probably gonna mention some, and I'm like, oh yeah, but um, I love Ken, uh, J Cole's um, friends. Friends, friends. What was? Yeah, we was talking about uh about picking a different way. Instead of smoking, he's talking about meditate. Don't medicate. Okay. 
Yeah, which, I I, which album is that off of? Um, that was off of uh, um, what was that? Uh, the uh, the K the KOD the K uh, yeah the KOD album. Okay, friends with okay friends. I, I remember, okay. Yeah, you know the cop another bag of smoke today. Yeah, another bag. Yeah, he has a lot more too, but. Yeah, man, we, we could go on forever, man. Yeah, J. Cole's yeah. got stuff. I, I thought you were going to go with uh, Neighbors. Well, that too. You talking about when uh, Neighbors think I'm selling dope? <laughs> yeah, and they called the cops on him. I was like, yeah, that video was crazy. It was just an actual video of the cops breaking into his house. That, yeah, that was nuts. That was nuts. For real. No. They gave him, like, they gave him something to write about his neighbors like this is crazy when you think about it <laughs> it's not that crazy <laughs> you know young black man living in an area like that you know it's like yeah they don't they don't like that they don't like that but um that's, but yeah, that's true but yeah these are um these are all good tracks man um yeah everyday people that's a classic um changes that's a that's a pop song that they played to death when it first came out and it's like now like i i hardly remember it i remember it when she started singing the hook i'm like oh yeah i do remember that song and then uh black boy cry i have to go back and check that one out tonight and and refresh my memory on it because it sounds familiar to me um i just don't know you know what i'm saying like i i just can't Get get the get the song in my head or envision the song in my head. Of course, you, uh, you, "Unity" by Queen Latifah is a classic, and then "Why" by Jada Kiss. Man, the songs I had, man, on my list, I had "Black of the Berry," of course, by Kendrick Lamar. That was the song that actually got me excited for "To Pimp a Butterfly." I was like, man, if if the rest of the album sounds anything like this, like this is gonna be a classic, you know. And he makes references to Trayvon Martin and, you know, some of the hypocrisy that, you know, we as black people wear in the culture when when it comes to calling out certain actions, but then not calling out others. It was just a very dope, hard hitting uh, and thought provoking song. You know what I mean? And also him rapping about how we're seen by, you know, racists, you know you know, being looked at as monkeys with these over-exaggerated features and whatnot. And it's like, it's just a hard-hitting song. Um, then I got, I got Hold On by Brand Nubian. I love, love the Simply Red sample that they use for the chorus. You know, it's 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 your typical pro-black five percenter, you know what I'm saying, type of type of rhymes, you know, kicking, kicking it about that ideology and everything. Uh, but it's just got a really smooth hook. Then I also have The Man Who Would Be King by Billy Woods. That 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 song is fire, bro. Like it's he's rapping about like the results of colonial, you know, uh European colonialism on on Africa and all the things that kind of like went down on the continent as it was being colonized and how it left how it was no good for the colonizers or the colonized at the end of the day. Very, very dope, hard-hitting song. I also have African Dream by Reflection Eternal. It's He's kicking just some regular battle bars, but like 
he's he's got they got that like funky African jazz sample as the as the instrumental in the background, but he also is like peppering his battle rhymes with a lot of like imagery harkening back to slavery and slave ships and stuff like that. So I've always liked that one too. The next one is actually a um a recent addition uh from an album that came out recently. I'm gonna have to go with Down by Law by Killer Mike. You know, everybody who's heard this song knows exactly what I'm talking about. But it is a just an unapologetically black song. So, yeah, I love it. And then CeeLo just, man, he drives a nail in the coffin, man, at the end with his vocals. Um, And then next up, I got African. I'm sorry. I got Black America again by Common featuring Stevie Wonder. Common doesn't have a whole a lot of standout songs in his later years in his discography but this is definitely one of them um this I, it sounded like i was getting like 97 common on this on this track uh black america again came out in like i want to say 2016 2017 but like it's an outstanding track with a very moody instrumental and like stevie wonder just oh my god like just chef's kiss you know what i'm saying on top of it next up i got funkin lesson by x clan course we heard that recently it was the opening track to uh to the east blackwards and it's just man it's just a <laughs> just a fun and funky like uh pro-black song man i love it next up i got i got show and prove by inspector deck it's it's another one of those tracks that it's it's more about like five percent theology and how it can uplift the black man the 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 I guess you could say the mental and emotional state of the black man. You know, a lot of five percenters like gain a lot of, you know, pride from from their theology and what they feel it does and teaches the black man about the truth about himself and and, and all of that. So that's always been a, a uplifting track to me. Uh, Show and prove by Inspector Deck. I also have uh, Perfect Dark by Samus. Uh, Samus is a female MC that I've really been a fan of lately. Um, off her album, uh, uh, Pieces, things called Pieces in Time, Pieces in Space, something like that. And um, it's basically her rapping about how when she was a little girl, she saw no representation of dark skinned girls or women when it came to dolls or cartoon characters or superheroes. And how over time in her life, she learned how basically like representation is important. And yeah, just just how important representation is for you for young black girls, uh, especially dark skinned black girls. Uh, so it's called Perfect Dark. I also have Boogeyman by Childish Gambino. I know people when people think of pro black songs, Childish Gambino is not the first person they think of. <laughs> But I really like the track Boogeyman from Awaken My Love, where he's basically singing about how the black man is seen as the boogeyman to a lot of people. Like, even if they're adult or just children, you know, they're seen as the boogeyman. And that's why cops shoot them all the time. Um, I never heard this song, man. That sounds dope. Oh, man. Check it out. Check it out. I oh, and the name of that Samus in... album is Pieces in Space. I, I, I think I misquoted it. It's Pieces in okay. Space. Okay. I thought you was going to bring up This Is America when you said Childish Gambino. No, 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 no. That, like, 
that's a good track too along with the video but like boogeyman like you think the song is about something else but then you start listening to the lyrics and you're like oh he's touching on something kind of deep here yeah yeah so check that out i also have protective styles by mckinley dixon love love that track <laughs> um you know it's it's <laughs> it's kind of it, it's a track that makes you chuckle you know because the the what they're saying in the hook but it's a very uh i find it just be a very comforting track too and a very healing track and one with a reminder that <laughs> a lot of people a lot of people still need to go th- go to therapy man like <laughs> yeah you know a lot of black folks need therapy you know but we're 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 the demographic that gets it the least you know what i'm saying but need it the most uh so yeah protective styles by mckinley dixon and then lastly to also still keep things kind of light i got mr nigga by most death okay (laughs) it's a track i'm sure you're you're familiar with where he's just rapping about the treatment that one receives in america even if they're famous and have money you know even if they've earned their their spot you know in the uh in their station in life you know how they're still perceived by white people and how they're treated by white people and you know it was it was a song made 25 years ago man and it still rings true it still rings true um i'm not going to go into detail about some of my experiences you know at my various nine to fives but um yeah very very descriptive song you know but also a very lighthearted one to you and one that has a sense of humor about itself so yeah mr nigga and then lastly lastly i i, I thought that was the last one i also forgot about wolves by dead press it's a uh intro intro track from let's get free um but it's still just a dope standalone song itself so wolves by dead press as well okay I got two more to add. Go ahead. Lupe Fiasco's B Bad. I know I ain't gonna say the first word. B-I-T-C-H Bad. Mm. Um, you remember that? I do. That was a good one, man. And then <laughs> the entire Jim Crow the musical by Add Two. <laughs> good one. Good one. <laughs> the whole album. Just just press play. Go to the album and <laughs> press play. <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, and that sir. Was, that was a really good listen, man. I'm still, I still visit that album, man. That is a that is a outstanding album, bro. Um, yeah. yeah, Jim Crow the musical, like you know, it's it's like a uh, it plays out like a play almost, you know. Yeah, but it's it's dope. It is dope. Chicago's on add too. Shout out to him. Shout out, big shout out. Yes, sir. All right, man. So we got a couple of album anniversaries coming up, man, or or that have actually this week. Uh, these these three particular albums that draw dropped on the same day are turning 25 years old. It's crazy when you think about it. These these particular albums being 25 years old, um, and it's three albums in particular, <laughs> and these albums are the roots. Things fall apart. Prince Paul, A Prince Among Thieves, and then Eminem with his major label debut, the Slim Shady LP. Um, these were all released February 23rd, 1999. I 
had no idea all three of these these projects dropped on the same day uh with all of them being considered classics if not classics at the very least cult classics but that's how it was in the 90s man stuff it felt like just whole music was just dropping all the time but like these three particular albums dropped the same day so i wanted to give it up to you for uh, uh vince between these three albums like at the time which one do you remember bumping the most and why so slim shady okay by, by far um i honestly can't say i listened to uh, either the other two albums as an album, you know. Um, I, I'm i not as well versed with the roots as I feel I should be, especially being a participant on this show. But um, yeah, I haven't like, I haven't listened to roots as like straight albums. It was more like songs. So I, I wasn't listening, I didn't have like listen to that album back then like that. Um, and then, um, what was the other album? Uh, yeah, Prince Paul, Prince Paul, or Prince Among Thieves. I just heard that recently. Oh, okay, <laughs> I hadn't even heard it back then. But the Slim Shady was, I was captivated by Slim Shady. He, it was, he was totally something different, and and I was all I was there for it. Like, once I had caught a caught wind of Eminem, it was so different. And so much um, satire, hyperbole, just him going after a bunch of pop, a female pop artists. Like I had never heard nothing like that. Like the way it was, he was doing that. I was yeah. there for it. It like it, it it tapped into my young teenage mentality very well at the time. So I was all about the uh, the craziness. So I, I that that I definitely listened to more. Okay, that sounds about right for, for a lot of cats. Um, for me, around this time, I, I honestly do remember listening to the Roots album the most around this time. I actually, like the, the Eminem, I had actually copped that. Believe it or not, I, I copped it, a bootleg version of it like a couple of weeks before it came out from this other dude uh, who, who was a fan as well. He dubbed me a, a, um, a copy. So... By the time the roots had dropped, I had already kind of broken into the Eminem. Plus, like for like us underground heads back then, it's like Eminem kind of already he he kind of had already a bit a little bit of a following because he had various he had some various like features and like rare tracks kind of floating around out there and was kind of he was kind of gaining steam already on his own. And of course, everybody knew about his reputation from from the Scribble Jam victory and all of that. So when when the Eminem dropped, it was kind of like it, it was it was definitely like okay, let's see what this dude can do album wise. Is he a novelty act or is this dude a real MC? And then when that dropped, it was like oh, he's a real MC. But like the Roots album, I definitely remember bumping that the most around this time. Like. The Eminem was definitely a close second. What's funny is that like, man, dude, at the time, like the Roots, like it felt like nobody was really up on the Roots until Things Fall Apart came out. And even then, Things Fall Apart was kind of a slow, it was kind of like a slow burn album. It was like people were kind of 
getting hit to it little by little and very slowly and then they won that grammy for you got me and then they just kind of took off after that but like before the grammys before things fall apart like you had to be like a weird quirky like art student somewhere you know what i'm saying if you listen to the roots like i remember the albums were like hard to find um it like most music stores like you had to really like know where to go to find their stuff and like yeah like if if you were into the roots you was definitely one of them weirdo kids like back then what's funny you know is the is the uh, some of the notes on this album of course we've all heard the story behind you got me which was originally recorded with Jill Scott's vocals on the hook but then the the record label MCA insisted that they re-recorded the, the song with Erica Badu's vocals which was actually in my opinion not a bad move I mean having Jill Scott would have worked perfectly fine but I do think I don't know I know I'm in the minority on this but I kind of prefer the Erica version okay well, where, <laughs> where you stand on it um I don't have a I don't have an opinion to be honest um they both bring something different I might go with the Geo Scott okay okay I Scott. love me some Jill Scott <laughs> oh don't get me wrong I love me some Jill Scott too don't get me wrong yeah the like, microphone lover too Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> but like, 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 I, I'm, I'm one of those people. Like, I, I'm in the rare minority where I actually like the Erica version. Maybe because that was the first version I heard. But I, I've seen her rock the. <laughs> I've seen her rock the live version too, Jill Scott. That is, and it's it's a it's perfectly fine song with her on it as well. Um, but that's uh, to me that's one of the rare times where the the record label actually got it right with their suggestion because they earned them a Grammy. Because um, because uh-huh. <laughs> Erica Badu was a more known name at the time. At the time, nobody outside of Philadelphia had really heard of Jill Scott. So you know, I, I get that one of the um one of the opening the album's opening track act one it contains an excerpt from the spike lee film uh mo better blues it's a scene where denzel washington and wesley snipes are discussing the current state of african-american music after a gig which was a very interesting like conversation that they were having if, if you've if you've seen the movie and then man there was some other factoids about this album oh what did you think of what did you think of the um the poem at the end of the uh roots yeah i don't i don't remember it i'm mean, gonna make me have to go back and listen to it now okay it's it's the return to innocence lost but on the edited version of the album they have a different poem actually because i guess the label had determined that that particular poem which was recited by uh, Ursula Rucker, um, was too uh, explicit or I guess suggestive and obscene for the uh, the edited version. So I thought that was an interesting fact too. Um, mm. But but this this album, man, like I was listening to it earlier today, man. This album still sounds fresh. 
it still sounds <clears throat> like just a high watermark creatively for them and their discography for the roots like black doll and malik b were firing on all cylinders with this particular album and like i think what is it i think this what was it spark like malik b held that down like on his own you know completely on his own um mm -hmm. you know you have the track dynamite which was produced by jay dilla that was just yeah. It, it, just just bouncy man just great bouncy hip-hop like for lack of a better term act two with featuring common it's just man this is, this is just great it's just great hip-hop it's just great hip-hop you know the i'll be honest the prince paul prince among thieves i didn't hear that album so probably like two years after it came out it was just one of those albums that again like not a lot of people were up on and I didn't even get up on it till yeah, so two years after it came out. <clears throat> but you know, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. You were talking about the Eminem though, and how like at the time it it, it just felt so different. What was what was the reception to the Slim Shady LP amongst your peers? Um, yeah, I had to, I was checking the text message. Um, it was mixed. So I remember. The group of people that was there for it then other was some people you know of course it's like who is this white boy you know that thing you know people just didn't want to be accepting of the, the white boy that could rap better than a lot of the black boys you know <laughs> and so then it was like man what is he talking about oh anybody talk about nobody want to hear that you know it was that and i was like man y'all just sound typical um, but then it was just a group of people that embraced it because, you know, the it was more the underground people that embraced it, to be honest, the ones that listened to underground music, um, because right. it was more about it was more about the culture than the fame and also it was more about the, the culture than than like just the popular names like Jay-Z was really hot back then and Nas, DMX and you know those were the albums that people you would like people were buying the albums they wanted to be the first person that could blast the music in their radio you know in their cars they hurry up and buy the album so they could blast the hot songs in their cars and stuff like that but um those are the ones that usually were had a certain thing to say about them but the ones on the underground man you know the guys that's in front of the the high school freestyling after school and stuff while they waiting for the bus. Um, yeah, those were the ones that that embraced it. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my crowd. <laughs> yeah, that was me out there too. After I got done hooping, I was out there freestyling. <laughs> yeah, like like this this album, Eminem, like it was to me, it was it was a fun album. Like it proved dude could like rap for real for real. He could tell some very twisted and funny stories the standouts for me definitely were like uh just don't give a f rock bottom uh bad meets evil with royce the five nine when i heard that track i'm like yo who is this royce the five nine dude like where is his album um i definitely remember thinking that and then um yeah the just the creativity of like guilty conscience and 97 bonnie and clyde like Guilty Conscious was dope because 
you know, we've all seen the little cartoons where somebody wants to do stuff. They don't know what, what decision to make in a, in a particular situation. They got the devil on their shoulder and an angel on each other's shoulder. They're telling them, you know, different to do different things. And to hear that concept flushed out in a song to me was just dope, you know. Um, and then I still don't give a F. It's, it's hot, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he do. He went in on that. He went in, bro. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Of course, some of the things on Guilty Conscience, some of the ideas of spouse, you know, you can't say some of that stuff no more. <laughs> New Sariba. You know, with, 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 with quite a few of those scenarios. And then you had, um, what was the other? Oh, 97 Bonnie and Clyde, which is a song. It's the only song on the album that does not have profanity because he's, you know, the concept is that he's talking to his baby girl and he's explaining a murder to, <laughs> to of the child's mom to the ba- to the little girl in the most like kitty way possible and like man i heard that child i'm like this dude is bugged out like <laughs> like like who who makes a song like that and like but it's like it was it was done so creatively you you, you couldn't get mad at it Exactly. I was here for it, man. And you know, all of the little like I said, the 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 albums hijinks and stuff like the Ken Kniff from Connecticut stuff and like I had never heard anything like that in that form and it was just like odd but appealing at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now let's let's talk about Prince Among Thieves a little bit. <laughs> I found some um, some interesting trivia on that album. Of course, this is a description of the concept album for the for the listeners. It says the concept follows the story of an inspiring young MC named Tariq, played by MC Breezley Bruin, who needs to collect money to record a demo tape before a meeting with the Wu Tang Clan leader RZA. <laughs> this is like. This story is just so hip hop, but like the story follows a desperate Tariq who skips work at his low paying job and turns to his friend True, played by MC Big Shaw, who introduces him to drug dealing. The two make their way through the drug world, a police ambush, jail, and finally a daily showdown. Um, the album features cameos by Cool Keith, Big Daddy Kane, Chubb Rock, Fizz Marquis, De La Soul, Everlast, Sadat X. Exhibit, Kid Creole, Special Ed, Chris Rock, RZA, and Buckshot. It's, it was, this was cool too because with, with both Prince Paul and RZA being in Grave Diggers, you had that little connection there. So that that made sense. Um, notice what Prince Paul said though in a 2013 interview about this album. Because apparently um, there was a single version and a video in the style of a film trailer that was produced because they w- wanted to turn the album story into an actual movie, uh, but it was never filmed, and and the movie, so the, you know the movie never materialized. But Prince Paul said, "Get this," he said, um, "That was the intention when I first made it. I was inspired by masterpiece. I'm about it, about it. I was like, this movie is so poorly shot and it's popular. I could do that with more star power. I tried to pitch it to Tommy Boy, and they apparently didn't see the vision." I was like, we can make so much money that they were like, yeah, yeah, Paul, we're going to put this million dollars in whatever group that they have. 
Then at some point, Chris Rock bought the rights to it, but he didn't do anything with it. So it sits and sits. If I had the opportunity, if somebody said, hey, I have a small budget or wanted to get a Kickstarter going, I'd love to put that together. Man, can you imagine if they had gotten this movie made? Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, that would have it. I, it would have turned if, if they stuck to the, the the source material up from the album. Like, I think it would have it would have became like a, a, a like one of them like cult classic films or something. Um, but yeah, man, I would love to see them do that. To this day, I, I think that would be a good idea. Of course, unfortunately, you you the the people who are featured on the album, not all of them are still with us. Um. So, you know, that's kind of unfortunate. Biz Marquis is gone. True Boy from De La Soul is gone. Um, so that's that's unfortunate. But like, man, I, I would love to see that. Also, apparently, Prince Paul tried to give Vanilla Ice to appear on the album to deliver a verse as one of the convicts in the jail scene, but was turned down by Ice's manager. What do you think of that? <laughs> I feel like anything... Uh, that Vanilla Ice got offered, you shouldn't be turning away nothing. You know, <laughs> like, especially yeah. this, bro. Especially this. It's like if if anybody could have made a Vanilla Ice verse verse work at this time, it would have been Prince Paul because the rest of the album is so zany. Like, like it would have worked. Like it, Vanilla Ice being on this album would have been the least bizarre thing about it. Yeah. Probably, probably, believe it or not. Yeah, he would have been the least bizarre thing about it, but like, man, like, turned them down. They turned them down. But when it comes to these three albums, the, the, the Prince Paul, uh, Things Fall Apart by the Roots, and the Slim Shady LP, which of these albums do you feel has aged the best? The Roots. Mm. Easy. Easy. Um, Slim Shady is definitely a capsule in time. The beats, they are they are not making music like that anymore. Maybe his very first song, I don't give a um still has some similar tones to it now, but not too much anything else. Like, you know, the beats that Dre gave him, they were really tailor-made for him and what he was doing at the time. And he's not doing that anymore. So like it um it's definitely you definitely can tell it wasn't made in 2024 <laughs> <laughs> but i think the roots i think the roots has staying power with this production um you still have music that's being produced in this way because it's live instrumentation it's a band so yeah when band, you know when bands tend to get funky and jazzy it sounds like that yeah yeah i actually read a quote from Questlove around the time that they embarked on making this album and he was saying that like they were kind of growing frustrated a little bit as a band because they weren't they weren't getting the respect in the hip-hop um genre you know in industry for being because they were a band you know they were kind of looked at as like a novelty act somewhat so um around this time when they embarked on making things fall apart that's when they started embracing more like outside production which is how they got kind of got linked up with jay dilla and they started doing that more to appeal more to like 
more conventional, you know, hip hop listeners around that time. You know, it wasn't it wasn't unheard of to see hip hop performed, you know, on stage with a band, but actually going into the studio and having the band produce and all, basically all the music is being rapped over, that was that was virtually un, unseen back then. Um, so you know they they kind of they they broke the roots really broke the mold on a lot of stuff and this was the album where they finally like broke through and got recognized for for their for their music and uh you know they they deserved every bit of it but i agree with, with you vince like i do think when you listen to all of these albums things fall apart is the one most likely that would it could have been made today um, because they do try a lot of different experimental stuff on there. Um, you know, sonically, there's a lot of like odes to like a lot of old school 80s hip hop on there as well, like with tracks like Double Trouble and even Table of Contents, without a doubt, is another one. It's just a very it's just a very fun and feel good album. Like I'm trying to think yeah. if there's any depressing tracks on here the only one i can say is like truly depressing is probably the poem okay yeah 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 return and, to innocence um, lost yeah that um it says a lot about for the roots too because you know they have that 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 tone that they stick around when it comes to their music so yeah and this I mean. was this 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 album was the debut uh records from that we got from beanie siegel and eve as well so there you go but then also too man i think as i've gotten older i've started to appreciate instrumentation like band music as opposed to just product music that's been produced through a computer like the the instrumentation is is uh is a very cool sound in my ear now but way yeah. way more than what it used to be yeah yeah i'm the same way i'm the same way back in the day like I, I could care less how a track was mastered or mixed, but now, like all that stuff, really does make a difference. You know, it really does. It definitely does. <clears throat> you know, I just wanted to hear dope beats and dope bars back then, but now it's like, it's like, you know, the stuff. Some of the stuff I've worked on in the past, it's like it sounded good in the studio, but then you hear it next to a professionally done track, and you're like. Man, it sounded good in the studio. How come it sounds so different now? How come it don't sound like that? You know, like. But you know, that was that was before I knew about mixing and mastering and and all of that. Like, so you know, you 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 live and you learn. But hey, I had fun with it. I, I had fun with it. It was something else about these albums I wanted to mention. Flipping my mind. It's flipping my mind. Ah, I probably remember. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. I, I was I was gonna say like as good as this album is, uh, things fall apart. Like I, I, it's still not my favorite Roots album. Like I will put things fall apart as a very very close second to Illadelph Half Life. I still prefer Illadelph Half Life a little more because, I mean sonically they were doing great things on that album as well. Um, but they just it sounded more Illadelph Half Life sounded darker and more serious and just more in tune with the streets a little bit um but it's some great stuff on on both of those albums like i still think philadelphia half-life is their best album for to me personally 
but you can't you really can't go wrong with with things fall apart you know and, and as far as as far as the prince among thieves uh the prince paul album like i don't think he's done anything this good since <laughs> it's funny like yeah i don't yeah. think he's done anything this good since it's like he he he's got he had a couple of projects you know in the 2000s that were decent but they weren't they weren't anything like this. They weren't anything like this. Yeah, man, I really wish they would have made that movie. Like, you know, like I, I think that would have been if they had did it like a like a, a musical comedy, and like included some of the music from the actual album. Like, I think you would have had like a, a, a cult classic film on your hands. Like, I really do. Like, if they had just let Prince Paul loose. And had him be like, okay, here's your, you're going to give you a budget, you know, pulling in all your little rap buddies to get this done. And, you know, here's the, here's, the, here's the due date. And I think if they had just left him to his own devices, I think we would have got a really, you know what I'm saying? Funny movie. I mean, imagine the cool Keith scenes alone, like with Weapons World, like that alone would have just been hilarious on film. <laughs> Guns that match with Wheat Towns, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, man. <laughs> he said, if you find a, if you find what he said, if you find a more high powered gun at a cheaper price, like I would give your girl a new weed. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But uh, but yeah, shout outs to those albums, man. Turning twenty five years old, shout out to Eminem, Prince Paul, and the Roots, man. Those were three. Twenty five years. Twenty five, bro. Twenty five. Can't help but feel old saying that, man. That's crazy, man. I remember being in my room, bumping this Roots album, and bumping the Slim Shady too. Like, you know, and just. Getting lost, man. Getting lost in in these in these albums, man. At the time, because they were they were experiences, man. They were experiences, and this was around the time I, you know, for those of us who used to cop CDs, like they started putting like really the roots started putting really detailed liner notes in their CD booklets explaining how the tracks materialized and all of that. So that was that was part of the experience I remember too, as well, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to those albums, bro. All right. Let's move right along to our album face-off for the night. For our album face-off, I decided to put uh, two albums from 1991 against each other by two different groups. In one corner, we have Breaking Atoms by Main Source. Um, Large Professor's uh, premier group. Um, and then in the other corner, we have Sons of the P by Digital Underground. Now, Main Source's Breaking Atoms album, this was their debut album released July 23rd, 1991 on Wild Pitch Records. It clocks in at 12 songs and 46 minutes and was produced by Main Source and Pete Rock is credited as being an assistant producer. And then in the other corner, Sons of the P by Digital Underground, this was their second full-length LP released October 15, 1991 on Tommy Boy Records and clocks in at 11 songs in 64 minutes and was produced by Digital Underground. So, 
I will give it up to you, Vince. Between these two albums, Sons of the P and Breaking Adams, which one were you feeling more and why? Well, I didn't have a time to revisit them, but I do remember them pretty well. Um, but all in all, I chose main source break uh breaking atoms over the uh digital underground and the main reason i did because i love me some humpty dump <laughs> i love me some i love i love me him i love me some of him man but that that song wasn't on that album um he had kissed me and i kiss you back um and i love that song but there's nothing else in that album that really I just really 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 enjoyed um the production was so slow man what um, well it's like it, it wasn't <laughs> slow it was funky okay that's a word to use as well um <laughs> <laughs> and you're right it is definitely funky but I like I like main source more, man. That was that was more my thing. Um, what was that song they had? What was the name of that song? Let me see if I can find it real quick. Man, they had a few. Um, that I just love. You had live at the barbecue. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You had um, just hanging out, looking at the front door. Just the yeah, front looking at the front door. Um, yeah, it's just, but I love that main source, man. I love their voices too. Um, that's that you, you have, you can't, there's some good hip hop voices in there, some, some bad ones, you know, but, uh, I like their voice. All in all, I chose that out. Um, Breaking Adams, <clears throat> Sons of P, it was enjoyable, but I found myself not as engaged in it. Um, I remember when I was younger listening to it when I would hear it. Cause I, like I said, I hadn't revisited it for the face off, but yeah, I just wasn't as engaged. Cause I was, when I first was listening to him, I was only there just for Humpty, man, you know, Mr. Humpty. <laughs> I just like to see the videos with him dancing stupid with that big red nose. You know, it was like, like it was, it was catchy, it worked. Um, Shock G was smart to come up with that that alter ego, you know. But all in all, that breaking out of I like. I just liked it, man. Understood, understood. You had the first ever verse by Nas recorded on that on that album on Live at the Barbecue. Yeah, that's true. You know, the industry. He put the industry on notice with that verse. Yep, voice sounds all babyish. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, right. All right. So for me, um, man, this was a great face off for me, man. Like I really liked, I really enjoyed like listening and revisiting both these albums. It like brought back tons of tons of nostalgia for me. And just yeah, just old old vibes, man. Old forgotten vibes. You know, the main source, that is an album does not that does not get enough credit when in my opinion, when discussing like like old hip hop classics, um, just a friendly game of baseball was a great 
you know, allegory for police brutality, you know, and unfair treatment, prejudice treatment against black men at the hands of the cops and them being unapologetically anti-cop and talking openly about shooting cops on that song, um, which was something that you, you normally accredited to groups like N.W.A., but out on the East Coast, they was going through the same thing. So just friendly game of baseball that just listening to that little time capsule too of course looking at the front door song about being in a dead end toxic relationship and wanting out of it um the track um peace is not the word to play where they're talking about how back in the day brothers used to say you know it would greet you or say goodbye by saying peace and how nobody was really living by the word piece and then the cuts and the scratch at the end it's and that track it's just a man dude it's just a smorgasbord for the years like the, the production was strikingly fresh for 1991 large prose voice is perfect on these beats he is a great like m double thread of being an mc and a producer um man snake eyes yeah like just hanging out it's like it's so many good it's so many goodies on here like you know just just you know musically on, on here and it's just a great great example of high quality old school hip-hop you know that just, just doesn't get talked about it this is one of those albums that kind of gets lost in the shuffle and lost in the sauce because people are usually talking about other albums you know mecca and the soul brother you know low end theory America's most wanted, but like, man, Breaking Adams is most definitely a classic. Um, but I gotta get an edge to Sons of the P. <laughs> I know Breaking Adams is the more impactful and meaningful album, mm -hmm. but I just personally like <laughs> Digital Underground more. They're just, it's like, when I when I went went back and listened to these albums, I'm like, okay, both of these dropped in '91. If I was, you know, if I was a teenager in 1991, which one of these would I like? And it's like, it's hard to say because I recognize the genius things they're doing musically and sonically and sample wise on Breaking Adams, but I still have so much more fun with Sons at a Peak. And I think a large part of that was the fact that. George Clinton worked on the majority, I think nine out of uh, the 11 songs on that album with Digital Underground. He's accredited as being a co-producer on that album and a, and a co-writer. Um, and, you know, George Clinton, he, he's a talented dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, but under all the masks and outfits and freaky makeup, like, he's still a talented dude and a talented musician. And it shows on that album. No, you didn't have you didn't have songs like you know, do the Humpty Hump on there, but you did have the DFLO Shuffle featuring Tupac. It's interesting that one of these albums features a verse from Tupac, an early verse from Tupac, and the other one features Nas's first verse. I think that's that's crazy. Um, which and you also have heartbeat props. You also have No Nose Job. You also have Flown on the D-Line. You also got Kiss You Back. Um, you also got uh, Family of the Underground. And then, of course, 
Oh, the, and then, yeah, the actual Sons of the P, the title track. It was just, man, it was just funky, man. It was just funky and fun. And it's like, they they sounded like the group I would have rather hung out with back then or partied with back then. Heartbeat Props, that that's a song with a message that still rings true today. It's about giving artists and more specifically in this case, black activists, their props and their due while they're alive, as opposed to waiting until they're dead to be like, oh man, so-and-so, he, he was, you know, fighting for the people, man. We really need to do him right and remember him. Like, no, give people their props while they're alive, you know? Um, you know, the line you talk about, I talk about Malcolm and you tell me that it's wicked. Farrakhan comes, you can't seem to buy a ticket. Go check what my man's got to say. Cause real MCs like Chuck D need support today. Like, you know, they, they were spitting that real man. And it's like, they're seen as like, just like kind of goofy group, but like they actually have something to say as well. And that's, that's what I like about, about this, about this group and this album. Um, you know, the line, you know, a dead leader can't tax your mind. Therefore, he's not a threat to your personal time, you know, and how even back in 91, they were calling out people who will post up posters, put up posters of Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and, you know, Huey P. Newton. But then, like, when it came to living figures and leaders of the community who were trying to bring about change, they didn't really support them the same way they came out and supported the dead leaders. You know what I'm saying? Which is kind of a weird thing, you know, when you really think about it. Like, and I'm not saying those leaders don't deserve to be remembered, but if you have people alive today who are still trying to continue their fight and their legacy, you should give those people who are living just as much support, you know? And that's that's what they were saying with Heartbeat Props. Um, <clears throat> But then they were also honoring certain musical, certain musicians as well. So, you know, yeah. that was cool too. No nose job, you know what I'm saying? Around this time, I don't know if this was a shot at like the Jacksons, <laughs> but like this was around the time things like plastic surgery started to become, you know, more popular with like black celebrities. And it was at a time where, you know, they really hadn't really got the whole plastic surgery thing right. And when people would get work done, you could tell, especially if they were black. And like, you know, this this the song is about how when you cross over and become mainstream, they want to like aug augment your appearance as a black person and how you need to stand strong and be proud of your black features. It's like it was a good message. It was a good message to that song, you know. And then of course, kiss you back. Great track. Great track. Yeah. Um, you know, just very carefree and dare I say innocent, as innocent as digital underground could be. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, at the end of that song, you know, in the album version, like, you know, Hump gets a little crazy, but you know, they 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 cool them out a little bit. But uh it's just a fun album, man. It's a fun, funky album. And I dug it, man. I dug it. So I'm giving I'm giving the edge just because of personal taste to Sons of the P, but I acknowledge, I fully acknowledge the greatness of Breaking Adams. All right, so let's go ahead, let's cap off this episode like we always do with another segment of What You're Bumping, where I, I invite you to share with the listeners what you've been bumping for the past week or so. 
got the bump, the bump, the bump, bump, ah. We got the bump, the bump, the bump, bump, We got that bump, the bump, the bump, bump, ah. We got that bump, the bump, the bump, bump, We got that bump, the bump, the bump, bump, ah. We got that bump, the bump, the bump, 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 you there? Okay. All right. I must be going out. Uh, this past week, man, what you been bumping? I was uh, I was on road trip, so I had some mushroom jazz going. Are you 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 familiar with Mark Farina? Oh yes, yes. Yeah. So I was, I got through four volumes, man. Um, and I remember them. I remember them. Uh, I didn't hear. I haven't heard every single volume, but I remember. Back in the day, with my parents playing that man, I and I just bringing back memories. It felt really good uh, listening to that. But um, that's all I can think of of note, man. I um, see, I was busy this week, so I had a lot of things to iron out, things I'm taking care of with work and stuff. Um, oh, I totally get to it. That nature. So, um, but yeah, when I had this little time to um, be with the family, I was listening to that mushroom jazz man that I like I said it was a bunch of old 90s songs because you know my wife had her playlist on and she is 90 riffic man her her music is all <laughs> 90s man all 90s oh uh, that's what's up 90s what R&B hip hop R&B 90s R&B that's just 90s R&B so what what is what does what does Miss Rowe get down on? Mrs. Rowe uh, uh, get down on a Jodeci, like, new, you know what I'm saying? New edition. Oh, yeah. Jodeci, Drew Hill, Boyz II Men, Monica, Brandy, um, SWV, 702, Missy Elliott. It's just the list goes on. Oh, Usher. Uh, even, um, I'm forgetting dude's name, uh, he had that song called Never Never Land. Life Jennings. Oh, <laughs> yeah, wow. I said, yeah, I said it. <laughs> Life Jennings. She, uh, Avon. Um, the list goes on, man. She's just, like I said, straight 90s, man. It was, uh, well, her playlists are nice, though, because it does bring you back to a moment in, 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 your, in your life that was, you know, that was really pleasant. You know, most people from 18 to 22, man, was really good. It's a really good four years for most people that I know. It was oh, like yeah. that moment is where usually you always had enough money for what it is you needed to do. Um, you weren't paying no bills, you know. You was, so those times are, are great for people. And it, it brought me back to those times. Nice, nice, nice. All right. So let's see. Me, myself, man. <laughs> I've been bumping. I was bumping Bodie James, The Price of Tea in China, um, with him and The Alchemist. Great record. I, um, it, it's one of those albums where it's like people, people were jumping up and down about it, calling it his best work. And while I am a Bodie James fan, I was like, I would give it a run through and I was like, man, it's, it's okay. I don't really hear what everyone else is saying about this though. But then I finally like got a chance to sit down, chill out and listen to it this past weekend. And like, it, it was phenomenal. Um, Alchemist laced this nigga, man, as, as, as usual. Um, I was also bumping the new single from Conway and Joey B uh, called Vertino. 
man this track is fire bro it is five minutes of funk bro conway and joey just going at it pause and like this is a this is a collab yeah. of, of the year like candidate real talk joey b and, and uh conway conway bro who would have thought in conway like like it, it's called vertino it's 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 dope um i was also bumping freddie gibbs alfredo of course i was bumping the roots things fall apart and prince paul's the prince among thieves i had to build some furniture for the house over the weekend so i threw on uh that prince paul to just you know just have it on in the background while i did did some work and then i was also bumping i went back and i was bumping bruiser wolf's first album uh from a couple of years ago called Dope Game Stupid. Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. He got even more one liners on this on this album, man. Is it is it similar to like what he did it is. on the second one? It oh, is. Okay. It's, I, it's, yeah, I'll check it out, man. It it's is very similar. It's very similar. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's like, called Who would have thought laughing at somebody's album would be a compliment, man? <laughs> it's called dope game stupid like he's got a track on there a shout out to nick for um dj dj money in the banks for referring a certain track uh my mama was a dope fan man bro it's like the last track on the album and it is like it is hard hitting like he actually gets a little emotional on the track believe it or not and um it's just you know it's it's an experience man to hear him talk about his pain and i know we go to bruiser wolf for some very specific you know 21 liners but like it's like even even as he's talking about his pain he's still like putting it in like a uh, a humorous you know he's articulating it in a humorous way Mm -hmm. and like the album is dope man the album is dope i i gotta I gotta find a way to put this into like a, a album face off. Um, <laughs> yeah, might have yeah. to put one album, one of his albums, against another one of his albums. I mean, he's oh, only got oh. two. <laughs> like, yeah, unless you're gonna do a um, a, um, a, what's that other dude from the back back in the days that uh, 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 free um, what's his name? Man, I can't think of his name. The other pimp, man. It, other pimp oh, hip hop. Sugar free. Sugar free, yeah. Put one of those albums against each other. Man, I don't know if we ready for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we ready for that. <laughs> man. Man, that'll be that'll be an album face off for sure, boy. <laughs> man. But yeah, that's what I've been bumping, man. That's what I've been bumping. Um, as far as album anniversaries, unfortunately, uh, Jamil didn't make it on here. But I think, you know, y'all can fact check me later. But I think Gangstar's Hard to Earn is celebrating its 30th anniversary this week. Wow. Yeah, 30 years, man. Believe it or not. So, yeah, that's that's the only one I could think of. Like I said before, next week I'm going to take a break. Um, and then we'll come back the, the week after. Just you know, I got some things around the, the household I need to, to tend to. So um, we're gonna take a little sabbatical next week, but then we will be back 
uh, March 11th, I want to say. Ready to give the listeners what they want. More album face-offs, more dope hip-hop topics. And, um, yeah, Vince, man, I want to thank you for carving out some time, hopping on the show to make it what it is. Always appreciate it. No problem, man. Any chance I get, I get some free time, I'll, I'll be on. Much appreciated, bro. Much appreciated. And, um, yeah, yeah. So, with that, I'm going to bid you adieu for the night. I'll see y'all in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to say peace. All right, peace, you guys. Peace. All right, peace. Peace, peace, peace. A modern day marvel, but terrible, better horrible. When he grabbed the mic from Sun and crushed up all his metal carbos, he said he ain't mean it. Totally by accident. After the show, he didn't follow where y'all taxes went. Will this be available on Wax Axe Max Mill? They all in opposition to his ass whack tax bill. But will it pass the Senate? Some more tenant in a super like 1A. Have a fun stay. One day, we plan to put in a runway. With enough land for his own projects and gunplay. Section 8 penthouse made look like Faye Dunaway. A lot of y'all ass out like gay runaway. It's how they say semi-risque All day, every day, give out Emmys the quick way Have the average MC say, give me a sick day They really ain't got shit to say like Timmy McVeigh Get a hunch, a real ragtag bunch In school he kept a do-rag in a bag lunch Just to eat the heads on some break dance shit and spit He ripped this skit in Sanskrit If the pants fit, sport him, but rock him low Your man like Balo on the slow, can't knock it though It's like the same hustle, bro, till knuckles glow Tucked in the T-girl just let the name buckle show Look googly moogly, see that loogie? Yeah, but keep it on the DL Yugi. You don't watch her, he might have her like Doogie. Just to cut a Lucy like Mitsurugi. Who he gumdrops? Who he got a style from his pops? You gotta give the bum some props. Ask his sister, her beatbox is more thicker. Doom that nigga, detox with more liquor. Admire the sound. Make sure the price is right before you come on down. Rappers be on some you, you, you. Forgot who they talking to. Too much pork stew. They need to not come out with nothing new. Blew the whole shit up on some what this button do. Doom cheat the game like walk through. Run them, son them like Mr. Walk through tattoo. The way a lot of clowns get down is unnatural. This flow flip like oranges, apples. Rhymes is like lime to eliminate Snapple. Leave it at the chapel. Don't eat scrapple. First thing they notice when they come to is they bling is gone. Then they start remembering the cling on with the rings on. In came the villain with the old gear like hi there. Y'all play the rare this whole year, my year. Metal face beard like Brillo pad. Y'all know his still old, so don't feel so bad. See, call him old dad, the one the old ho had. Knew he was a winner since swimmer in the gonads. Okay, pal, pay him like PayPal. So we could be A-OK, not OK Corral. I think today I'll make the lady say ow. Or maybe fuck around, take a bow now. Who made his first meal and still carry razor blades? Used to be straight A's and still made the grade. Sorry that. How you get cash so fast? Yeah, after last, left back in the retarded class. Should've went to Bosies, watch them more closely. Who do you think we're supposed to be? Yo, who always winning? At least stay consistent. Find them where that bitch went. Get a room, pitch a tent. Yo, yo, Max, yo, change that beat, yo. You got another one? I'm gonna draw the line of my face. I'm gonna hit the line of my face.